Hello, and welcome to the In the Word podcast. This is the podcast that will help you to understand God's Word, build a stronger relationship with God, and develop habits that will help you love God and others better. And now, here's your host, Trevor Pope. today but once again guys welcome back to the podcast please bear with me i'm gonna try to keep some water close by um just try to keep my voice under control but i definitely wanted to uh, hop on this week's podcast um to just chop it up with you guys our last podcast we talked a little bit about the hill song docuseries and you know, today, this podcast will be part two. We'll be talking a little bit more about it on our last podcast, just to give you a little recap and please go check it out. Um, it really encouraged some people. Um, we really dug into a couple of things and it wasn't so much about, you know, Brian Houston and Carl Lentz personally, you know, but um, just watching the documentary, just some things that I saw and that they talked about. It just reminded me of some things that I've talked about in the past, just being in ministry, you know, whether you're a leader slash servant and you, and those of you that listened to last week's podcast, you know what I mean by that, or whether you're somebody that just, you know, uh, you're an usher or somebody that just works in ministry, or maybe you just come, you know, for the services, like things that you really got to be careful uh, with because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, uh, people can be hurt and taken advantage of. So in that last uh, podcast, we talked about, you know, the dangers of, of being used in ministry and how to look out for those things and how not to be ignorant ourselves, because sometimes we put ourselves out there and, and we don't use common sense and allow people to take advantage of us. So we talked about that. We also dug into what I just said a second ago, idolizing your servants or, or or slash leaders, you know, and the reason why I say servants, it comes from Second uh, Corinthians four and five. And this was Paul talking. He says, for what we preach is not ourselves. First of all, what we preach is, is not about us, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake. So we really dug into that and you know, the importance of that and the importance of not idolizing those that are in leadership, because I think that's what happens. And I don't want to dig back into that. Just go check out that first part. But, you know, that's how we see a lot of tragic things happen in ministry. We see a lot happen to people in the congregation, people that was a part of the ministry, working in the ministry. It just turns real bad when you put uh, individuals in the place of God. So, you know, sometimes we want to get on the person that was the head of that church, which we should, if they did something that they had no business doing, but there's some responsibility that we have to take as well. And some accountability that I believe the Lord will hold to us when we start putting people in, in his place, so to speak, you know, when we start treating them like gods and allowing them to use us like their gods. So we really dug into some of those things. Like I said, it wasn't even so much um, just about that ministry personally, um, because I saw the documentary and I saw those things. I just really wanted to talk a little bit about it. And just some other things I saw in the documentary I want to touch on um, this week. Uh, they were talking a lot about the music, you know, because obviously that's how 
you know, it really became a big thing. Um, it's through their music ministry. Like I said in the last podcast, haven't heard a lot of their albums, definitely heard some of their songs, liked some of their songs. And I wanted to talk about something that was brought up in the documentary, and that's music manipulation, right? And I think that's important because being in ministry for, you know, um, maybe not like as a preacher, but just being in, in, in church on a consistent basis in the church world for the last 20 years and probably in ministry, let's say the last 10 or probably longer than that, you know, like maybe 15. But, you know, I've seen where definitely you know, people can be manipulated with the music, you know, especially when it comes to the dancing and all those things. And let's, let's be clear. It's nothing wrong with praising God, shouting, dancing. I mean, you should be uh, um, emotional and, you know, like it should pull on your heartstrings and bring tears and make you want to dance. I don't think it's anything wrong with that in itself. But I think what happens is, is sometimes that's used to get people in an emotional state to where they're no longer thinking. Now they're just willing to do anything for Jesus, you know, and that's when, you know, they start to be taken advantage of. So, you know, when they started talking about the music manipulation and how some of the music was written in the intents and purposes. And I can't confirm all those things, even though they did show some things and, and, and talk about some things that have happened that showed, you know, some evidence of certain things going on, um, you know, but, but how they went in on how, you know, the muted, the music was like a, a, a you know, like a, how it catapulted the ministry and it was intentionally used that way. You know, um, I understood what they were, were talking about with that, but it's, it's a real tricky type of thing when it comes to the music, because, you know, even if somebody writes a certain song with the wrong intentions, when we hear that song, you know, we're not even probably thinking about the person or why they wrote it or how they wrote it. But what we're doing is, you know, we're identifying our situations and what we're going through and how we feel about God through that song. So that's why we get emotional. You know, we, we may start crying, we may start dancing, we may fall to our knees, you know, not knowing if, you know, what the person's intention of, you know, uh, making this song is, excuse the, the telephone in the background, but um, yeah, it can, it can get real, it can get real bad real quick. And I've seen it so many times um, happen and it's just truly unfortunate when it does, but that's just how music is. You know, when we have like natural music, you know uh, you know, and what I mean by natural music, music, that's not gospel, like worldly music as, as some would call it. I mean, there's songs that we hear can make us emotional when it comes to, you know, worldly songs, you know, uh, you know, it may make us think about an old situation that has happened, um, something that, you know, a person passing, just anything that has happened in our lives that just brings back some type of memory. So I didn't really want to just harp on that. But, you know, I did want to talk about it a little bit, because when we think about worship music, like really, that's that's what we think about worshiping God. Like people you have some people that think that that's what worshiping God is. It's just through the music, but it goes a lot deeper than that. True worship is more about our lifestyle. You know, like how is our lifestyle to the Lord? How do we live for the Lord? Or, you know, like that's what 
true worship is is really about it's not so much about the songs that we sing and you know all of the dancing and all that all those things are good in themselves they're fine in themselves but that's not what true worship is about it's about lifestyle you know how are we living you know how much do we really love god i remember there's a story in the bible when uh jesus uh confronted the woman at the well and I remember her saying, you know, our fathers worshiped in the mountain, but you say Jerusalem is the place where men should worship. And Jesus says, ye worship, ye know not what. So this is his response to her. Ye worship, ye not know what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And it's something that he says very key to her. If you get a chance, read it. John chapter four, verses 23 through through 24 is something very key that he says to her. He goes on to say in verse 23, but in other words, however, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. So he says to her, listen, there's a, there's a, there's an hour that is, that is coming. And it now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father, how in spirit and in truth. So even with all of those songs going on and us getting emotional in there, there has to be worship of the father in spirit and in truth. And we're going to dig into that a little bit, but he goes on to say for the father seeketh such to worship him. This is what the father is looking for. These type of individuals to worship him. Verse 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus says in John 24, once again, he says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He says, first of all, you have to worship him in spirit. And we have to understand that worship is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of external actions. It's not what we do outwardly. It's not about what we're saying and doing, but it's a matter of the heart. What's going on in the inside? We have to remember worship engages the whole heart. To worship God in spirit and truth necessarily involves loving him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember Jesus said in Mark 12 and 30, he says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So if we're going to truly worship God in spirit, not that it's anything wrong with, you know, worship music and and, and getting emotional crying, thinking about the things that God has done for us, but we have to make sure that we are worshiping him in spirit. It has to be from the heart. It can't just be, you know, the words we're saying and, you know, because we're getting a little tingly feeling in our body or we're getting goosebumps on our arm. I remember times being in in like a worship and praise service and, you know, uh, people like, oh, my arm was shaking during, you know, worship and, you know, all of these external things. It's like, no, it has to be coming from the heart. This thing has to start down on the inside. And if we're going to worship him in truth, this is to be properly informed. If you're going to truly worship God in truth, you have to be properly informed. What do I mean by that? We have to have knowledge of the God we worship. How can you worship somebody that you don't even know? And what you will find 
is that sometimes you will talk to people and they seem to be very spiritual when it comes to songs, when it comes to singing and dancing and things of that nature. But when you talk to them, sometimes they don't really seem to have a knowledge of God. Let me say that again. If you're going to worship him in truth, that is to be properly informed. We have to have knowledge of the God we worship. In other words, we have to know who we are worshiping and we can only get that through truth. In other words, through his word. A lot of times you will have people, they are willing to listen to the music. They're willing to get up and run around and stuff like that. But if you ask them to sit down in like a Bible study type atmosphere and get to know him through his word, a lot of times they don't want to have nothing to do with that. If they are not being entertained, they want no parts of it. And that's where we have to be very careful because this journey that we are on with the Lord is about relationship. It's about what he's done for us. And we need to know who we are worshiping. And not only do we need to know him, but we want him to know us. So once again, let me say this again. I I, want to really drill this home. If you're going to worship God in truth, you have to be, that is to be properly informed. We have to have knowledge of the God we worship. Once again, we have to know who we are worshiping and that can only be done through truth. And that comes through his word. Let me give you some proof on that. Jesus said in John 17 verses 14 through 17, he says, I have given them thy word and the world. This is him talking to the father. I have given them thy word and the world have hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Here's the key. Listen to this verse right here. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. That word sanctify there means to set apart. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Once again, if you're going to worship him in truth, you have to know him through his word. It's impossible to worship him in truth if you do not know him through his word. Once again, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that's the part sometimes people, we, you know, they want to skip over. And, and believe it or not, that's why we see Sometimes where we may think people are super spiritual, especially some of the songwriters and some of the bands and the singers, you know, you know, we think they're super spiritual because they're writing these songs that we identify with. They're hitting our heart. They're touching us in the core. Why? Because they're talking about the Lord. It's not so much about the individual that wrote them and not to take anything away from them writing the songs. I mean, I used to make music, so it's nothing to take away from them. But when the song is glorifying God, it's going to do what it needs to do. But that does not mean that the person that wrote it truly has a relationship with God. All they need to know is, you know, the, you know, what all they need to know is, you know, what the scripture says about God or what people want to hear, the type of words they want to hear. And that's another thing. Sometimes a lot of these songs that you hear that's written, sometimes they go overboard. 
Sometimes they almost sound sexual when they talk about the Lord. And it's like that, that's, that's not of God. That's not the gospel. That's not us worshiping God. That almost sounds like a, like a R and B sex song about the Lord. R and B is R and B and gospel is gospel. You know, we shouldn't be singing songs about the Lord and, and, and it makes us feel like we're getting intimate with the Lord, but you will have people write that because they want to get super deep. They want to pull on the emotional heart strings of the person. And those are the things that we have to be careful about. But a lot of times what you'll find is, you know, unfortunately, a good amount of these people that are writing these songs, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. They just know what people want to hear. They know what the scriptures say about the Lord, but then them themselves don't have a relationship with the Lord. Many of you probably have seen it just like I've seen it. If you've been in the church world long enough, you go to different churches and, you know, even with some of the musicians, you know, they'll, they'll do the praise and worship, they'll play, and then they'll just go somewhere for a while and, you know, go hang out, go down the street to the store. And it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, why aren't they sitting in listening to the word? Like, why are they somewhere else doing something different, playing on their phone? And then when the preacher is ready to, ah, then they come running back in and hop on it. That's weird to me. I like, I don't, I don't understand what that is, but it's our job to make sure that you guys know him through his word. It's our job to encourage you to get in his word. You know, whether you, whether you're a musician or you're not getting to God's word, that's how you truly begin to know him. And if we don't constantly, uh, constantly, excuse me, emphasize that, guess what? We'll just keep going on with, you know, how the service touched us emotionally. And guess what? People will just go home. They won't ever open that Bible into the next service. And some of them don't even bring a Bible to the service. You know, they just want to be entertained. They want to hear their favorite song. And this is why you have to be careful. And when you watch this documentary, you saw where, you know, that's what they were trying. That's what they were talking about, trying to say that. Listen, you know, some of these songs, the way they were written, the way they were done, it was just to get the people emotionally, you know, riled up, you know, but not necessarily, you know, were the people, you know, some of them getting the word like they should, or even, you know, have a relationship with God. Everything was just emotion, 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 emotion. And and I'm going to say this again. When you think of what the Lord has done for you, when you read the word, you should, it should make you emotional. You should feel some type of way. I, I've, I've, I think about how God healed my mind. My mind was gone. There's days that I cry when I think about it, just situations, just driving through the city where I ran the streets and sold drugs and all these things. It was almost shot and this and that stabbed and all these different things. Those things brings out emotions. But at the end of the day, I, it can't stop there. I want to make sure that I know him and that he knows me. Remember what he said um, to, uh, to, to those that was like, Lord, Lord, he said, listen, he said, I don't know you, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You know, they say, oh, but we casted out devils in your name. We did this. We did that. Think about this. They casted out devils in his name. They did all these different things. Listen, I'm sure writing songs can be in that list too. Oh, we wrote songs about you. Listen, I don't know you. And we, and, and, that, and that's very scary because it's like, well, if I did all these things in ministry, all these things with songs, how is it that you don't know me? And it's because they didn't know him through his word. They didn't follow him through his word. They didn't truly follow what it was he wanted them to do. It was more focused on the things they wanted to do, going outside of his word, doing their own thing. And just because individuals, human beings was validating them, they felt like they were on the right track. But it's not about validation from man. It's about validation from the Lord. It's about 
about confirmation from the Lord, just like he confirmed his son. This is my son who I am well pleased in. Like it's all about getting that confirmation from God and not from man. Listen to something that Jesus says in John chapter eight, uh, verses 30 through 32. He says, uh, this is what verse 30 says. I had to take a little sip of water. I feel my throat getting a little dry there. Um, but he says, uh, the scripture says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. When you get a chance, go back to John chapter eight and read it. Um, Jesus is talking to the multitude and it says, after he says what he says, many believed on him. Listen to what verse 31 says. Then said Jesus to those Jews, which believed on him. Now, listen, the scripture says they believe, they believe him. They believe in him. They believe on him. But listen to what Jesus says to them. He says, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So Jesus said, listen, it's not just enough to believe in me, but you must continue in my word. You must continue in the truth. That is how you're going to truly know me. Many people believe in Jesus. When they was growing up, their grandmother talked about Jesus. They say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. But I, I did a series years ago and, and, and the series was, I believe in him, but do I know him? And that's what this is all about. It's all about knowing him and him knowing you. But he says, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And who is the truth? He is. He goes on later in that chapter to confirm that. And guess what? He is the word of God. So we're only going to truly be made free through him, through his words. If we keep his words, if we are one with his words. And a lot of times we don't emphasize people to open up those those scriptures, read those scriptures, meditate on them, because this is the most important part. And guess what? That's when those true songs of worship are going to come. That's when we're going to start really singing those songs. And not to say that, you know, the Hillsong songs or any other songs are not true songs to the Lord. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when we look at like the old hymn books and stuff like that, a lot of these songs, they were all about the Lord. A lot of times when we hear songs today, it's like, I'm going to another level. Like it's all about what we doing and how we doing it. And we, and it's like, no, when we truly dig in and we truly are one with the Lord, you know, we'll begin to truly worship him the way that we need to, and we'll see the results that, you know, we would like to see. Sometimes we don't see the results that we're looking for is because listen, the service a lot of times is all about us. It's all about what we're getting ready to get and what we want and what we want to drive. And God says, listen, those, those are minor things. Those are little things. Tap in, build your relationship with me, get to know me, you know, understand what it is to know the one that created all Things. When you look in uh, John six and sixty, uh, John chapter six and sixty three, uh, excuse me, throat getting a little dry there. John chapter six and verse sixty three, um, Jesus says, "It is the Spirit that quickeneth; the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life." His words, the word of God, they are spirit and they are life. There's no other way that you can worship God and in spirit and in truth. If you do not know him through his word. Last scripture I want to share with you. Matthew 15 verses 8 through 11. And I'm thank, I'm thankful that my voice held up pretty well. I'm having little spots here and there, but praise God. 
um, that it that it held up because I thought it short enough was going to dry out on me. But Matthew chapter 15, verses eight through 11, it says, these people draweth nigh unto me. Listen to what he says with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. So singing all that stuff is not enough. Yes, we want to worship God through song. We want to sing songs unto the Lord. The scripture encourages us to do that, to write songs unto the Lord, to sing songs one to another, to encourage us. But it can't stop there. It can't just be about lip service. There has to be some worship and spirit and truth behind those words that's coming out of our mouth. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honor honoreth me with their lips, but their heart, Remember what I said before, but their heart is far from me. What Remember what I said a little while ago? I said, worship is a matter of the heart. It's not about external action. Worship engages the whole heart, right? So he says, listen, their heart is far from me. I hear what they're saying, but their heart is far from me. But in vain, they do worship me. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, this one, he says, hear and understand. Verse 10 again, this is Matthew 15 and 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. This defileth a man. So I just wanted to just talk a little bit about this. And I know it was a little bit choppy, you know, my just all this stuff going on, my voice and and stuff like that. But I just wanted to encourage you guys, you know, build that relationship with God through his word, read his word. Don't, don't, don't just go to service and you quote unquote, hear a good sermon and you don't pick up the Bible for yourself and read it and really, you know, say, God, speak to me through your word. Teach me, God, help me to learn, help me to be able to discern when somebody is truly talking to me, uh, you know, through your word or when they're making things up, like all of these things are important. This is all about relationship, guys. We don't ever want to get to the end and we see Jesus and be like, Lord, Lord. And then he has to tell us that he never knew us. Why? Because we didn't build that relationship through his word. If you remember the sisters, Mary and Martha, one was running around trying to do all these things for Jesus. And the other one sat at his feet. And he says, listen, you running around doing all these things, but your sister, she chose the good part to sit down at my feet and hear my word, because that's, what's most important. All the dancing and running around and all of that, all that's good. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting in my word, if you're not, if you're not tapping in, if the word is not hidden down in your heart, then what good, what's the point of you doing all of the different things that you're doing? You're missing the whole part. You have no part of me. You have no relationship with me. You are not one with me. And this is what is most important. It's not about the music um, per se itself. It's, it's not an attack on worship music. But what we find and what I've seen from being in church for many, many years, sometimes that's all people have is just you know, some songs, you know, they don't know anything hardly about the Lord. They just love their favorite song. It makes them cry every time. Listen, there's some songs I hear that make me cry when I hear it because it reminds me of different things, different gospel songs that really hit home. But guess what? When it's all said and done, I'm thankful that I know him through his word. I'm thankful that it's not a, a, a empty worship, so to speak, but it's a worship that is through spirit and in truth. I pray that you guys got something from this. Please pray for me.
Um, my voice has been acting, you know, just going back and forth. Um, but just pray for me that my voice fully comes back. I pray that this wasn't too choppy. Um, and I pray that you guys were encouraged by it, but if you get a chance, definitely go check out the, uh, the Hillsong documentary, I believe, I can't remember what network I saw it on, but if you, if you Google it, you can check it out and, and pray for them. You know, um, I don't have anything bad to say about any of them. It's unfortunate that the things happen that happen. And guess what? You know, when, you know, when God brings things to light, you know, it's a benefit obviously to people that were being used, but it's also a benefit to those that were in leadership, or should I say those that were, were supposed to be the servants, you know, of those ministries. And I talked about that in, in part one. So if you get a chance, check that out. So it's no knock to them. It's nothing personal, but I did want to just talk to you about this side of things because I've seen many things happen in ministry you know, whether people be used, whether they really just hold a man of God and then just just a weird place or whether they just, you know, everything is just all emotion and no word. You know, they, they don't know anything about God through his word. And that can be very dangerous. But know that I love you guys. And until the next time we hop on the podcast together. Shalom.